the yeah. Maxwell trial that's not being covered, you mean? Because I've not really heard too much about the Maxwell trial. It's almost as if someone's trying to distract us from not covering that one, because it might involve a load of the elite going to some pedo island. So, <laughs> it won't be. The dollar will be fucking dead by then. It's just when you're um, like when your wife's inviting Chad around the house. She says we're just friends. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and and can you go out and get some milk and make sure it takes you an hour? Like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Is selling your penis the ultimate pandemic side hustle? <laughs> cool, so here we are. Mr. All In, so never look, and Dr. Evil 10%, podcast number 32. We haven't been cancelled yet, and we are still rocking and rolling. How's everyone doing? Really good, really good. Yeah, world's most bullish podcast, back on your back on your TV screens and for your listening pleasure. Another busy world, uh, sorry, another busy week in the world of Bitcoin once again. Right. The thing is, it's not been as busy as America over last week, but I don't really want to go into that. America's just gone full on mental, hasn't it? You've got the, um, the what's it, white supremacist killing two pedos. And um, what else? You've ha- got the Maxwell trial. You've got the guy who ran over a bunch of people in a parade. Um, but yeah, yeah let's, let's ignore the madness and actually concentrate on something worthwhile. <laughs> Allegedly, we're, we're, we're two minutes into recording. Well, well, wasn't one of them about 37 times who recently got divorced? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. This is, and um, I think, um, yeah, there's two bills, I think, that like really visiting there. Um, yeah. They also have very big charity funds that fund the WF and the WHO. But I'm sure it's not related. I'm sure they just think that yeah. this trial of some kid doing self-defense uh, yeah. at a riot is um, more important. But yeah, but we, we could literally we'd have to rename the podcast like Clown World or something because like, Pedo, like what about Pedo Island? <laughs> <laughs> it would, yeah, yeah, that'd be a quick way to get cancelled. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You get, get lots of views. Yeah, for about three weeks until we got deleted off every platform and we'd all probably get hauled up on random tax evasion charges. Absolutely. And from the wrong people as well, <laughs> in terms of those views. Yeah, oh, right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be like, this isn't what I, what I searched for. <laughs> yeah. Three, three people talking about fucking Bitcoin. Yeah, but I, I must admit, I've had some feedback actually on the podcast recently, and it's been like, the, as much as like, going into clown world is, is interesting and stuff, it's not Bitcoin. And uh, so we, I think we do need to try and stay away from it. So I think this week I've purposefully tried to stay away from like the US politics stuff because it's every week there's another five stories that comes out, which yeah, is just I, garbage, even though they're the ones related to economics as well. But if you go outside of economics, then fucking hell, we could have 30 things every week. Yeah. yeah. People like the Bitcoin stuff. That's why they tune in. So we need to try and try and stick to Bitcoin. Yeah, put the odd little story in there that is relevant to like the economic world but 
we've we got just look know that's all just crumbling. So every week is just another example of it crumbling. And it's just, just we know Clown World's out there and it's blowing up. But we've got a look Bitcoin land? on a on a decent one. We could probably talk about the economist story because that is probably the interconnected one. So the economist claims no one saw infl inflation coming. So really, so this probably going back to March 2020 when countries started printing extreme amounts of money. Um, I suppose let's have a little vote, Mr. Orlin. So now look, did you see inflation coming when um, these countries printed lots and lots of money? The, the, definition, <laughs> the definition of inflation is by printing, inflating the, inflating the supply. It's literally, that's where the word comes from. So of course, if, if you inflate the supply, the price of goods goes up. It's, it's for the economist, not economist, to even suggest that no one saw it coming is just a flat out lie. Anyone that was paying attention saw it coming. Well, it's yeah, incompetence, absolutely. isn't it? It's, it's either incompetence. I, think it's, I don't think it's incompetence again. I think this is a lie. Well, what I'm saying is, yeah. if you didn't see it coming, it's incompetence. And if you did see it, you just lie. Yeah, you, you yeah. absolutely. And then these guys are smart enough to know that they obviously saw it coming. They literally, this is their job, right? So this is just a massive a whitewashing article to go, oh, this is just the markets behaving weirdly because of lockdowns and COVID. And no, it's just very, very basic. They, they Did you read the whole article or just the kind of summary? Just I skim read it. Oh, so I absolutely I did subscribe to the Economist um, up until today. Um, I read the article and um, it offended me that much that I cancelled my membership. It took about 10 minutes to actually get them to cancel it, but I cancelled it. I just went. If they're going to be printing things like this, how can I rely on them for anything? Because I like a good view on world news. But I read this and some of the things were, it's temporary, they couldn't see it. Um, Bank of England says inflation will be close to 4% when we know it's double digits. They claim there's three factors, the spurge and buying by consumers such as houses, bikes and all that kind of stuff. Shortages and things like chips by the supply but we know that's caused by the fact that they've printed so much, much money, they cause disruptions in value. And then they reckon return to services like restaurants and hotels has caused another splurge, cause of a mass inflation. So I just went, enough's enough, I'm canceling my subscription. I, I will find something else to read my world news on. Yeah, yeah. Even, even if that's all true, right? You've still got to go right, but they've still done the CPI, even based on their own rules. And it's still the highest for 30 years. And that's the lying number. So when you actually use the original algorithm from 1980, before they started taking all out all the higher goods, the inflation in America goes from 6% to 15%. So that is just real life. That's none of the supply issues, none of the temporary stuff. That's, that's, that's official. It's 15%. It's actually higher when you also factor in supply issues. But yeah, the article is just one big whitewash thing that I'm sure will be used many times, referenced many times by politicians to go. They think it's clever though, don't they? Yeah. When we all, we know that they printed the money. Well, yeah. we, we know, I guess, as soon as uh, they said, oh, we're going to put an injection of cash due to the pandemic. And yeah, fair enough. Obviously, it wasn't like they just did it out of, um, you know, out of the blue that this was going to come, but also we said that it was also going to affect everyone uh, later on down the line. And during all of the panic, when everything was going on, it's like, oh yeah, they're, they're looking after us. Obviously there was a helicopter money. He got, you had what, to, was it 2K STEMI money? 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was all going to be paid back somehow. Yeah. But I've it, forgotten the exact stats now, but of those trillions that got printed, I think it was 80% went to third-party contractors. 20% made it directly down. So it, of the furlough money and the stimmy checks, yeah. that amounted to 20% of it. 70 to 80% went straight to third-party contractors. Someone was telling me the NHS track and trace has been cancelled today, finally, after spending $37 billion. I don't know how true that is, but your your point, what has the track and trace done? So like NHS, if you want to put $37 billion to it, you'd increase the amount of nurses, the amount of beds. If you're encountering a pandemic, it's simple, isn't it? Ventilators, oxygen, increase all these supplies because you've got, you can print the money up but instead, the money's made absolutely no difference to any kind of working, so they've just given it to their mates. Yeah, because I can guarantee the person that set up that track and trace, I bet it's the, the NHS massive contractors like Serco. Mm. Well, it was uh, Dido Harding from who's got a, um, a history or rather a, a record of failure. Yeah. Um, two, two quotes from, from this as well. How long will engorged demand come up against constrained supply? And then the final one, um, well, it's a summary. They blame the rise on prices as well on rising wages. Why do wages increase? Because goods are too expensive, services are too expensive, so therefore you need more to live. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> It's genius, though, because I, I bet it's only a couple of years ago you'd have read that article and gone, all oh, right, yeah. No, mm. I, I understand inflation, but I don't think I really connected all the dots. So it would have been like, no, this is due to printing money I knew, but I don't think I really understood the um, intricacies. It didn't, I kind of, rather I knew it, I don't think I understood. Because mm. now you can read that, it. you can just read that and know it's complete garbage from start to finish. And they're just what? using lots of clever speaking, pulling out lots of different stats, get putting it together. And it seems like it kind of makes sense. It seems to hold together as an argument. You go... Well, the economists wouldn't lie about this because they haven't even mentioned the fact they've printed 25% more money this year. So yeah. it can't be that. It's all these other fa factors, which means when they kind of conclude and go, oh, it's transitory, and maybe it will return back to normal next year. It's like, well, no, it won't return back to normal unless they burn 25% of the money next year. We're, we're, still waiting to, we're still waiting to return back to 1970s prices, then. I know. <laughs> that whole argument, I'm like, well... How can prices have increased every single year? Are we going to return back one day? It's like, sorry, we've been gone. We're back now. Now um, we can buy um, a cream egg for like 2p or something. Yeah. The only way you return back is having a crash and an almighty crash, which is a painful crash, which before we started recording, we were talking about in a similar vein and it just won't happen. People don't want to go through that. Um, it's like when you look at, uh, there's the book, How Many Dies, and obviously hyperinflation. One of the ways to stop hyperinflation is through austerity, which is you know, effectively stop spending and start being a little bit more prudent with your money and it you know it's just not in the human nature and especially when they're so close to the money printer and i, I love the fact it's the most ironic thing that's happened over the last 10 years is the word austerity if a politician even mentions that they're booed off stage yeah like people go oh i've had enough of austerity and i literally go i don't think people know what this word means correct it, it literally means spending sensibly and yeah. just not lavish because we're in a financial 
shitbox right now. Yeah. And for a government to say that, it's probably the best thing I could ever hear from a government. Is to go, we're yeah. actually going to be careful with spending. And well, everyone's well, like, no, 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 enough of austerity. That Throw that in the <laughs> bin. And I'm like, what? You just want them to print loads of money and inflate your wages? What are you even yeah, voting we, we for call, here? Yeah, you but we call it morons. We called it austerity in 2010 or whatever it was, but we still printed a shitload of cash more than previous years. So it wasn't austerity. We were just taking the piss. Oh, yeah, it's cut all these services, print more money, waste it into the contractors and not actually give any services. That's what we did. Yeah, yeah. that version of austerity is bad. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I suppose one positive, you know, we bit, we're bitching about the clown world, which we didn't want to go through but one positive of this whole situation for me was when i started to look into bitcoin because i started to look into gold and i kind of i was following gaz and he was liking and sharing various articles or comments and it kind of led me down the bitcoin so i think i followed one or two people one of them being Dean amus just because i thought one of his tweets was either funny or interesting mm. and it kind of led from there so for me there's a positive in that I kind of actually realised what sound money is and it also financially educated me. Yeah, definitely. Like what I always say though, like Bitcoin doesn't have a use case if fiat wasn't as bad. If fiat just wouldn't be interesting because if we already had sound money and governments were, were responsible with the amount of money they printed, even if they just printed say 2% a year, Bitcoin probably wouldn't have a use case. It wouldn't be compelling enough. It's only because they've printed more and more they've started printing like two percent more money back from like 1914 in the uk <clears throat> and now it's got to the point where they're printing 25 30 percent more a year it's just got ramped up and up and up as the debts got bigger as the governments have got bigger as the services have got bigger and more less efficient so this is the thing right this is why it's perfect timing for bitcoin if bitcoin had been invented probably you know 70 years ago no one would have given a shit even if it was as good as it is right now because fiat would have been fine they, they hadn't got out of control yet but fear is out of control and it's it's hyperinflating, which is why everybody is going to end up in Bitcoin in the end. It's just a matter of time now. It's just it's just when was, you wake up. I was in the office today and it kind of came up in conversation or rather I probably forced it. And it was, you know, explained to, <laughs> and like the penny dropped on someone's face. I don't think we'd get it. Like I explained inflation. So petrol's gone up. I'm like, well, they printed 20 percent more money. What did you expect? Like for it to stall, they made your money 20% less. You've taken a 20% pay cut. And it just went, I saw it in her eyes and she just went bump. And she's looking at Coinbase not too long after. <laughs> well, so, the classic is that world debt clock that we've talked about previously oh, you, before. You love that. I love it. <laughs> and again, I forced that conversation when I was in the office not so long ago and to allow people to see it because um, the numbers don't lie. When you look back, because it has uh, the ability to go back as well as forward, and then you see the national average debt of the of a US person and how small it was uh, just even like 20 years ago to what it is now, and then what it will be in the future, like at 2025. Does it, does it have as a ratio? So, you know, because of money inflating, wages have inflated as well. So I think, you know, when you say oh, the average debt is £1,000, but what would that be as an equivalence to the average wage is how I'd want to see that. Yeah, it's a good show. I don't know. And also whether or not it's uh, in proportion to the amount of people in the country as well. So I think 
the US is at like a population of 330 million or so, but that has obviously grown year after year. So uh, I don't know if it does do that, but it'd be good to do that. It will be out of kilter, you know, I'm just interested yeah. because I think the the figures will be sensationalised by the difference between 1970 and now in the terms of the debt, but wages have changed. But as we all know, wages haven't kept track with inflation. So mm. it will be, you know, it will be, it will look like it's say about 30 times the amount of debt. But when you look at it against the salary, it will probably be, I don't know, 10 times. Yeah. Well, I think I think there's a there's a great chart that shows um, the dollar. And I think in the last 100 years, the dollar's lost 99.8% of its value. Yeah. Something like that. It's literally like it's nearly at zero already. Like if we were looking at a shitcoin, shitcoins do that in. So are you are you saying it's a dink doink? Yeah, the, <laughs> undoubtedly, the US dollar is a shitcoin. Like by every metric, it's um. There's one node, one person runs that node. It's gone down by ninety nine percent. It's got an infinite supply. It's a shitcoin. Literally, it's a shitcoin. It's just a shitcoin that happens to be the one is, that everyone uses. It's Doge. It's yeah. Dogecoin, like Dogecoin was created to take the piss out of fiat and people somehow think they're investing in Doge because Elon's tweeted about it. He likes a meme, he likes a dog, he likes a dog on the coin and that is why he likes tweeting about it. Yeah, right, we need yeah. to transition out of this. So we've got one more story that is related to it and then we're getting onto, onto Bitcoin. So we've got, yeah. this, this kind of um, does like the bridge into it. This is Hillary. So this is the first time Hillary Clinton is probably really engaged with, with Bitcoin. Um, and she's literally saying now, instead of like the normal FUD from people like Hillary Clinton saying it's for criminals or you know, it's for tax evasion or that kind of stuff, for the first time, it's just a little, a little 40 second clip. I think um, you linked um, Dr. 10%. And it's where she actually says that Bitcoin is at risk of destabilizing the US dollar. And so we are now, Bitcoin <laughs> is actually being blamed for the fact the US dollar is crumbling. It's like, no, it, ultimately it's going to be one of those like seashore things where it eventually is a tipping point where once the dollar goes down by so much, any value left will just jump into Bitcoin and Bitcoin will accelerate the collapse of the dollar. But right now, the US dollar is collapsing completely on its own and some people are fleeing to safety but at the moment yeah there's one trillion dollars worth of value in bitcoin that is absolutely nothing so that's done nothing to the us dollar but this is the first time that a, probably a senior politician has admitted that bitcoin is a risk to the dollar this is this is now we're getting into game time here this is the big boss the us dollar and a representative that is actually, actually saying it's a threat She's more, um, if you think like Street Fighter 2, she's like Vega. She isn't the big boss. She's not M. Bison. No, but, but she, represents the, she represents the dollar, though. Yeah, she represents the dollar. And don't forget, again, as we were talking about the bills earlier on and that foundation and their influence as well. Um, you know, while she's trying to... I've got to no idea what that earlier conversation was on about this record. <laughs> It's allegedly. Um, it, it's allegedly. a great. It's a great one. It it it's a story to pump Bitcoin as well. I looked at this and just thought there is no better advert than Hillary Clinton saying she's scared of cryptocurrency. Yep. That is what she said in summary. 
it's going to destabilize fiat currency or rather the dollar and destabilize nations. So literally, crypto is going to creep into your nation and knock off the government and no one's going to be there to look after you. Yeah, look, glorious. And as we know, Hillary is essentially a puppet for the elite. So the words that come out of her mouth, they're, they're not hers. She doesn't have these thoughts of her own. She's at some random economist, like Davos-type conference, speaking to all the rich and powerful billionaires and stuff. And she's there, obviously with a script in front of her, and she's being told, raise the alarm bell. Like Bitcoin and these other crypto coins, they're coming for you. So as much as I completely agree, it's super bullish. But what it also, I think, does is they are going to come for us regulatory-wise and taxation-wise almost certainty now i think america is going to have some very tough legislation come down on their heads if you're an american bitcoiner then i would expect it to be a bit of a rough ride over the next couple of years mm. it'll be interesting because you know a lot of bitcoins will be like well i don't have that bitcoin yeah you can, um, you, well, claim it. you can claim I it yeah i stole it so what's the response by america going to be i think they'll obviously uh come down harder on the exchanges to do more and more work. And I know that one of the like blockchain analysis companies, uh, Chainalysis works very heavily with the government because they are like their revenue and turnover is worlds apart from the other smaller players. So they were one of the first, uh, but they're, they're doing something like 3 billion or so. Yeah, I, I think what will happen is like the, the first trillion that's got into Bitcoin, like they kind of know that we're the hardcore Bitcoiners and chances are we'll move or we'll get away from them. But what they don't, what they're trying to stop is the next 100 trillion coming in. So that's going to be where they go, right, if we just make it illegal or make the taxes crazy high or make it that you need to be an accredited investor to buy Bitcoin and be worth more than 2 million, that's a great way of stopping the rest of the people, the general plebs from getting in, basically just close the door. And they'll, they'll, they'll probably make examples of a couple of Bitcoiners that do do the whole, oh, I lost it all in a boating accident. And they'll put them in prison for life and go, look, this is what happens if you get caught. Like we, we know it's on the exchange, KYC'd it, it went to your wallet. It's on your responsibility to prove that you know, you, where that is and you didn't pay tax on it or whatever they, they might do. So then that's what they're trying to do really. They're, they're, they know they know that we we're not gonna um kind of give up anything but it's the it's the mums and dads right it's the average person just trying to get their couple of thousand dollars or a couple of thousand pounds into bitcoin to hedge it so they can basically just keep that value that they've earned they're trying to close the door on that that's what i'd expect them to go for i hope they yeah. don't i hope i'm wrong and i hope they st i must admit i would much prefer them still saying bitcoin's only for criminals and it's a ponzi scheme and it's boiling the oceans that stuff was like you're beautiful because what you're trying to manipulate people there to not buy it but you're not stopping them so it's Correct. just classic fud this is more real this is actually on oh, they've now actually got it now this bitcoin is a threat against the us dollar oh shit that's the real one no <laughs> that oh no you've actually landed on the real one now and you've actually acknowledged it that means you're going to start fighting us in the right place you've actually finally joined the battleground before you were just throwing sticks from the sidelines and we're laughing at you going keep thinking that as many people stack stats now quick stack 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 now they've joined the battlefield and gone oh game on 
people are like, oh shit, you've got a big army and lots of guns and lots of bullets. Like, yeah. All right. Now, now it's now it's time to play. Which is why, if we transition into El Salvador, this is the sanctuary. Also, as well, just on that, it's very much a repeat, I think, of um, when they banned gold because they didn't want you to have hard assets. So, um, and and I guess the savvy ones will have still done it. And, and still bought it, but just kept it secret. Um, well, the gold was was more kind of like asset um, seizing, so they could um, leverage it against the world. It was America's ploy in order to take take over the kind of like being the primary currency of the world. So they just wanted to hoard the gold off all its citizens, say it's illegal, grab it, and go. This is our hoard. We are the superpower. It wasn't so much like denying hard assets. Well, in my opinion, anyway. Well, they, they did that before. So apparently you could not hold gold or silver and it was illegal to do it. So like it was essentially like you were smuggling drugs. But that, uh, was in order if, to, that was in order to get the gold off everyone. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think the point you're making is the fact that all they had to do is pass legislation. They Correct. never had to go in and enforce it. All they did is said, if you hold over an ounce of gold, you are now a criminal, and it's 10 years in prison if you get caught holding more than that gold. Everyone yes. picked up their gold and took it to the bank and gave it to them. Yeah. That's what they could do with Bitcoin. And that's fully what every Bitcoin has been expecting. It's why we always say take custody of it. If it's sat in exchange, they'll take it directly from there. They, they will literally say, if you own more than, say, 10,000 sats in Bitcoin, all that has to be held by a central authority in the bank, and then you'll get IOUs of some other random cdc kind of random shit coin token usd coin yeah and they'll be like don't worry it's good for it it's one-to-one -one with bitcoin until it isn't and they start inflating it and oh wow what what happened there so yeah and the worrying thing was like there's no way that the government even back then in the 1900s could they have got all the gold off everyone there was not enough police forces um to go around house to house to get all the gold but just the threat was enough to get everyone to just pick up their gold and take it to the bank. So the, the worry is that that happens in Bitcoin as well, which is why yeah. education is so important and why not complying is so important. Don't give your bank or your government your Bitcoin because they are going to ask for it and they're going to threaten you with prison if you don't do it. Just don't. Don't. Because the second they get the yeah. Bitcoin, they'll give you an IOU token that they'll inflate just as they did with Fiat or be back to the fiat standard again, just a digital kind of weird version of it. 100%. You can see it, you can see it. Uh, it's just a repeat, isn't it? It's just a different form. Yeah, because in there, like, people just, it's, it's always the thing, right? People take the path of least resistance and they, they value their, their freedom and their safety and their family. So as much as they believe in their investments, when the government come knocking and they say, you're now a criminal and we put you in prison for 10 years, if we know you've got, over 10,000 sats, people are terrified by that and they, they will hand it over. They, they will freely and willingly hang it over. And I, I know they will. And over the next yeah. 10 years, that's going to happen, which is why it's super important. Like things like you know, the El Salvador um, conference was on uh, last week. So um, what's it called? La Bit Conf. Mm. Um, I watched quite a bit of it. It was like a three-day conference and uh, it was super interesting. Uh, in reality, I think it was quite a newbie conference because it was designed like that, right? So I didn't learn a huge amount. It kind of like started from the beginning. 
just talking about you know, the history of money, what the Lightning Network is, and you know what a hardware wallet is. It's all very basic stuff, but obviously it was aimed at the El Salvador yeah. um, audience. It's pretty cool. Who were completely new to Bitcoin. Um, a lot of it was in Spanish as well. They were translating a lot of it, which was quite interesting, obviously, as a non-Spanish speaker to like tuning into it. But it was a very professional event. I was very impressed by it. The live stream was amazing. Um, and it seemed to go really well. They had a lot of good speakers. Max Kaiser was there. Uh, and um, yeah, did any of you guys tune in for any of it? Or I didn't see any of it, but uh, I will plan on uh, catching bits. It's like from Bitcoin 2021, uh, looking back, I mean, there was hours of content and obviously they then spliced all of that up and uh, it was great to watch back. Yeah, but uh, so, yeah, I'll be on the big day. announcement was the president got up. I did see this, yeah. Uh, towards the end of the conference and announced the Bitcoin city. This looks sort of epic. Yeah, it looks pretty epic. And it's a fact that with Bitcoin city, it brings in the um, volcano um, power. You know, that's a big one because that gets rid of a lot of FUD. So the success of this gets, you know, lots of mining operations over there. But it's like, oh, but it, it boils the oceans. Mm. You've got a volcano here. The volcano boils it. Literally, what's it boiling it there? <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's amazing, right? So this is this is, we predicted all this, right? Literally, once um, some territories and some jurisdictions are going to become hostile towards Bitcoiners, and when that happens, they're going to start raising taxes. They're going to make us feel like criminals, uh, and other jurisdictions. And they go, right? If you're going to flee, flee here, please. So El Salvador, probably the first country to actually raise their hand and go, please come here. There's zero taxes on everything. It's yeah. normally it's just 0% on capital gains. It's 0% on income tax, on property tax, on every type of tax. Literally move to Bitcoin City and you're tax free. Your Bitcoin is yours. You can spend your Bitcoin as you want. They don't want a cut of it. Well, will it not be on VAT? I mean, how are they going to raise money or will they just have a finger in the Bitcoin businesses? Uh -huh. I guess well, the people that move there will bring uh, money with them. Yeah, well, number one, yes. Yeah, of course, you're, you're attracting Bitcoiners, right? They're going to yeah. come in by property, by land. So exactly. you're straight away going to, you're going to take your business there. You're not, so you're going to give people jobs. So undoubtedly, it, it lifts everyone up. But how are they paying for it? Well, they again, they've been a genius. They've got a Bitcoin bond. So they've, yeah. they have a billion dollar bond. They, they've already, um, they've thrown out there. It's going to be backed 50% by Bitcoin. It'll be $500 million worth of Bitcoin in this bond. The other 500 million is going to be cash. They're going to get investors to basically fund this. And this bond is going to back the Bitcoin city and pay for infrastructure and just looking after the city, keeping it safe, put all the like pipes, electricity, they wore whatever you need into this thing. And um, yeah, and it's going to be essentially provided the price of Bitcoin continues to go up, this bond will be worth more and more and more. And they're going to keep taking profit out of the bond and investing it into Bitcoin City. It's kind of genius. It's <laughs> pretty much what Sailor's done, but he Sailor did the same thing, but just did it for MicroStrategy as a single company. And it pretty much just as rich as himself and his employees this one <clears throat> this enri this enriches everyone inside bitcoin city 
it's an interesting one because they're obviously putting their their flag out this early on and the, the only yeah. country I think when I looked into some like the murder rates El Salvador is top so it's a country <laughs> which is which has got nothing to lose you know, ultimately <laughs> it's it's a you know murder how do we say you're sat from the tourist board at El Salvador <laughs> No, you're well, promoting it great. You're not but, talking about but, the beach or the lovely idyllic, Yeah, but what, like, what I'm saying scenery. is murder is a symptom of a kind of rotten, in a way, country so at the bottom of where they can be. Yeah. And this is, you know, I believe is a good play in order how to raise them up. So it's something which I'll definitely be watching over the coming years of the murder rate. Like I said, it, it is a clear symptom of a very poor yeah. and well, rotten um, country. And I think there'll be other countries which are watching every minute move now. You know, the countries are going, mm, should we be second? You know, you Venezuelans who are basically just getting fucked by the USA at the moment. Like, they've got no- nothing. I mean, they just seem to be going deeper and deeper into trouble. You've got Argentina. So you've got a bunch of South American countries and you do kind of wonder what that continent is going to be. The Bitcoin's central is it going to be like the eu equivalent well it's a little bit like um crabs in a barrel when things aren't going well and uh you know not a lot going on in the country and you've got a country next to it which was nicaragua that was a that has been at war for forever it just obviously just continues to spill over uh but i do believe by the fact that they've been this shining light from a Bitcoin perspective, it's it's naturally just put them on the map. I mean, 2020, who was talking about, or um, 2020 and before, who was talking about El Salvador? No one. No one. Okay. You know, now you've got interest from tourists that want to go there, see the country, and then potentially even move there. Yeah. I don't think I even knew really where it was. Yeah, I <laughs> it was a definite Google and Map job, and yeah. it's um, six point four million. So it's not a massive country, yeah. but this could really propel it. You know, it is like you know such interesting news. But I'm gagging to see who the next country is going to be, and yeah. I would love El Salvador to move on to a full Bitcoin standard and dump the dollar, if possible. Yeah, yeah that that would be amazing. In time. Yeah, because one of those in it, like this is just, uh, this is the first one. This is the, basically, it's, it's like, it's bid one for Bitcoiners. They're, they're the ones raising their hand. And, and like you said, you know, this is the symptom of hyperinflation. And what happens when a currency completely debases, when the countries collapse, horrible stats like murder, you know, infant mortality, all these things go sky high. And, you know, it literally means people die. This is what happens. This is why we're so passionate about inflation. Because it, it might seem like, oh, you just it's just about money. So yeah, but what does money mean? Like if you steal everyone's money, it means you have to go out and crime rates go through the roof, murder goes up, hospitals collapse, uh, education collapses. And that's where El Salvador are right now. And they've got a new president, he's come in and he's just gone, enough is enough. I want to actually fix this and not just be corrupt at the top, say some lies, take a load of money for myself and then disappear in a couple of years and let someone else come and do the same thing he's actually come in and gone no i actually want to fix this it's probably going to take 10 20 30 years but i'm going to start it here move on to bitcoin standard try and get a load of affluent 
successful people into the country because what i also talked about around the brain drain i can guarantee all the good people in el salvador the people that are good in tech potentially doctors nurses nearly all of them would have left um, in america a standard wouldn't they yeah some and money. whereas now this gives the opportunity for potentially them to come back at some point yeah and imagine if some bitcoiners go there and then some bitcoiners create a new company and it becomes the next google you know, let's say jack mallers of strike goes to el salvador and decides to go you know what this is the hq of strike in if you fast forward 10 years he's going to be employing 10,000 people that's 10,000 el salvadorans that now have jobs all and very also, high paying and also will be paying corporation tax see they all start yeah. through and before you know it el salvador is out the other side i can guarantee all the horrible stats that come with an inflating money which is so i think prime. it was only in, a, in the 1990s where they hyper where they hyperinflated. yeah it was they've been on the uh well us dollar for about 20 years or so it's early i think at the beginning of the 2000s uh, when they moved to us dollar from the pesos um, and the us dollars making their systems poorer yeah, surprise, surprise. But yeah, if you know if Jack Mallers or any other company starts to put their HQ there, uh, then they're obviously going to need staff. The infrastructure of the whole country then begins to change. It's quite an indigenous country anyway. Like um, looking at the maps and stuff, you know, there's lots of lots of green fields and so on that could be uh, converted but and it'll all take money but you know people will come with money and there's the space there for it you've got surrounded in the countries like my middle american knowledge isn't particularly great but you've got um, Gu <laughs> guatemala belize honduras yeah. um Nicaragua. so you've got those countries yeah. which i think they're all quite crime ridden aren't they so yeah. similar situations i mean you kind of go south you got colombia ecuador venezuela um i think two of those three are extreme financial problems you've got argentina extreme financial problems venezuela so you kind of got a bit of a domino effect you'd hope that a couple of middle america countries will move when we can see the success and then you've got the south america should just literally fall into line so with argentina I think it's a country with a record amounts of hyperinflation because our politicians cannot control themselves. <laughs> yeah. That, yeah, that's that's the one missing factor, and I think that's the weird things that have all come together perfectly for El Salvador is the fact that you actually have a non-corrupt politician at the top because because mm. he's actually just given two fingers up to IMF. No one has ever done that, and it comes up in every conversation that I've ever seen on CNBC or any mainstream media when they say. Oh, but the IMF have basically blacklisted El Salvador now. What do you think about that? And they just go, why are they the gold standard for, like, if the IMF don't like you, then you can't kind of play ball on a global scale. The IMF are corrupt, basically employed by the US government to screw everyone and force them onto a dollar standard. So, yeah, of course they now hate El Salvador because they've gone, no, we're going onto a Bitcoin standard. And that's the thing that like, El Salvador are going to get thrown into the bus. There's lots of like jokes on Twitter right now to go, when is the first bit of FUD around El Salvador to say they've got weapons of mass destruction or something? That's yeah. not to say that. When have they got a terrorist cell operating there? When have they got weapons of mass destruction? Or when have they got oil deposits? 
<laughs> well, obviously, the uh, volcano is um, contributing to climate change as well. Well, weirdly, weirdly, I just got the picture up of um, the president on stage, and the one stat that I didn't say that was 0% is Bitcoin City is going to be 0% CO2 emissions. <laughs> so he's even gone ahead and gone, by the way, we're carbon neutral. Fuck off. Yeah. That's great. Obviously, because of the volcano, they can um, hopefully sort out all their power from the volcano. It would be glorious, wouldn't it? Yeah. Well, he, he, I think, and again, knowing what all of the Fed will come back will be to them, isn't getting ahead of all of this, saying, well, huh, you know, we don't have weapons of mass destruction. We don't have uh, any of those things. And, and being like, so what are you going to come with now? Because they'll just play the same cards in the same hand again that they do to any country that tries to get ahead. Or you, know, you probably uh, will find that they'll put El Salvador on a sanctions list or something like that. And then, ah, oh, well, it doesn't matter because we're on a Bitcoin standard. So you can stop giving us money because we'll make our own money and we'll do it this way. Yeah, yeah, that's a great shout. El Salvador on the sanctions list. Yeah. That, that's a nice, easy first first fire. But yeah. then straight away now, that means El Salvador's they struggle to leave the country, can't get credit. Yeah, that would be a great way of just hurting them. And they can make up any old bollocks reason. They can yeah. just say drugs, like whatever. They just make something up and just to try and stunt them. What we need, really, this is this is the whole thing, right? This is, we need a first follower. These, these are the guys that have stood up first and they've started dancing whilst everyone sat down. We need another country to stand up and start dancing next to them. Who's your money on? Another one. Who's the money on? Oh, I, I don't know right now. I think we had the list, didn't we? Someone put, yeah. I think it's Preston Pish, but a really good list together. That was the list. It, had, it, it listed you had to be economically unstable, had to have a young politician, um, yeah, in a small country, small GDP. And, well, yeah. it's all like Cuba. They've never got on with America. No, but they're, they're um, no, because they're communist. So the, their politicians are the most corrupt ever. There's yeah. zero chance they're ever going to let go. Yeah. Um, and well, we've same with, said that's Pakistan. the same with Venezuela, unfortunately, as well. Venezuela are fucked because they're communist as well. So they're never getting out. Yeah, they're, they're really debt-ridden now. You've got Argentina who fucked, but their government's so corrupt and won't, won't control themselves. You need that type of leader. Uh, I suppose it's like someone who either gets in saying, I'm going to fix things and everyone believes them and they turn to Bitcoin. Or because I think for the second, the follower, you need it to kind of not be led on Bitcoin. Whereas when you're down to the 10th, you kind of go, I'm going to do Bitcoin. But we like sound, we've seen that, we know the plan. Whereas for like the second, third, fourth, it's kind of got to be, well, I'm going to make things better. And you've got to have someone who's fairly young, idealistic, and is votable, if that's the word. Yeah. Here's a shout, though. When, not if, it starts to work, I pray he doesn't get assassinated. Because mm. it's happened in the past. Like, um, I've been re-watching Narcos back uh, and finished season three. And, you know, again, when, when somebody starts to get too much momentum, they get taken out. Yeah, well, we saw it, it, right? We, the right way. we discussed this, I think, um, probably a good couple of pods ago now. 
but it was the people that refused the money from the IMF for lockdown and for the vaccinations. Yeah. yeah. I think it was four different presidents all refused it and all four ended up dead by virus means in the next um, couple of months. And then the, the people that took over, even though they were from the same party and the, supposedly the same politics as the president, all then decided, oh yeah, lockdown enforced vaccination is now the way. Yeah, yeah you, you're right. If I was um, Bukele, I'd, um, I'd double my security forces right now yeah. and pay them very well because there's a chance someone else comes up to them with a better offer to go shoot them in the back of the head. Mm. Yeah. It's always, that's always the problem with security, right? Absolutely, it Take happens security from the inside in. Yeah. It doesn't need to be them. No. It will be somebody close to you. Because this, this goes crazy videos of like where there was a president, I can't remember which country it was now, but he had an incomplete security all around his house. And three guys walked in the front door, shot him and walked out and no one saw anything. Clearly, the security guys are paid to just not look, look the other way today and got, yeah. and it's just one of them. So the problem with paid guns as someone might pay them more <laughs> yeah. to not do what you told them to do and do the opposite. Yeah. So um, yeah, that's just why, this is why, again, I think this is super, super uh, important. We need another country. Number one, we need to support El Salvador. And number two, we need an, we need another couple of countries because we we the, the thing is that this, this snowball is going to keep rolling no matter what. It's just yeah we 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 need like and ideally also as a bitcoiner, I want five ten countries competing for me. So mm. come on, put your bids out at the moment. Yeah. All the other countries are going fuck you. We're going to screw you to hell if you come here and tax you to high heaven. I'm like well that's not very appealing. And El Salvador's going. Oh, we'll actually let you keep your Bitcoin and we won't steal any of it from you. I'm like, oh, great. That's that's super interesting. But like, you're one of the poorest nations on the planet. It's not an appealing country to move to right now. Someone's right. going to have to really go in and do the groundwork uh, before it becomes a, that much of an appealing place to live. I want the next five, 10 countries to come in and go, come on, all start competing. What what have you got to offer? Like We're, we're going to be the new kind of gold rush people that have all the gold. Whoever wins our, our time and whoever wins us to like go move to you, you're going to be the new superpowers. You're going to be the yeah. new new America, the new Russia, the new China. That's going to be you. Who, who, so, who's the new superpower? Imagine it's Belarus <laughs> <laughs> or Estonia. Yeah. Or El Salvador. I'd love it. it. Liechtenstein. <laughs> I'd love to fast forward 50 uh, years and just be like El Salvador, now a superpower. We're on the El Salvador yeah. standard. I'm like, I'd love it. <laughs> I, I do think, though, if for some reason it doesn't go ahead, like it will stifle other countries to then want to get there. So I think countries will eventually get there. But if this doesn't go well, then they will, it'll be years before another country puts Bitcoin on their. This is it. Say he's assassinated. And someone else comes in, goes, we're ditching Bitcoin. It didn't work. It's caused these failures. But I could set it back by 20 years. Yeah. yeah. Stop giving them ideas. This could be, um, this, this would be my strategy if I'm Hillary Clinton sat in my fucking little ivory tower. But I just gave oh, she's, she's probably too busy watching um, the um, Maxwell trial. <laughs> <laughs> Seeing how many times the <laughs> husband comes up. No, no, I just thought, just out of interest, it's a very interesting case. 
So we talked about the El Salvador. Um, is it time to move on? So um, we've got um, maybe on to the um, Chad Taylor story, which you put in, um, Mr. Orlin. Yeah, man. This is, um, this is this is a weird one, right? So this is Taylor. I think he's playing 4D chess again uh, because he's essentially saying Bitcoin's going to 100x, which this is this has been pretty much my mantra for the last year, really. Well, ever since Bitcoin actually hit 50K, even I've always been saying 100x, but from 50K, I think 100x is the final final bit of game because we have 100x from here, we have everything. So he's basically saying, yeah, we're going to be um, Bitcoin's going to become a hundred trillion dollar asset. But then he also then says in his um, little speech that he talks about here, um, he's on again, I think he's on, yeah, he's on CNBC yet again. Yeah. He goes, oh, but the US dollar will be the stable coin. Uh, Bitcoin will be the investment. US dollar will still exist somehow. And I still think he's playing 4D chess where he's pretending yeah. like the Trojan horse, Bitcoin's coming in. Don't worry. We're the investment vehicle that people want to like have a store of value, but the currency of exchange, like the medium of exchange, that will be dollars and people will store value in pounds um, or in, in, in Bitcoin. But don't worry, US dollar. It's all fine. You're still going to be alive. So even when is... Bitcoin gets to $100 trillion, it won't be. The dollar will be fucking dead by then. Is this when you're um, like when your wife's inviting Chad around the house? She says, we're just friends. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and can you go out and get some milk and make sure it takes you an hour? You're like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Chad, what's your, what's your trousers doing around your ankles for? <laughs> <laughs> you know. I'd allow it. Uh, I'd allow it. <laughs> <laughs> just take some sats off the table for the pleasure. Oh well, yeah. I just no, I just bow down to the giga chad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I definitely think that's the case because if you come at them direct, uh, because and and say what you really think, he's not even going to be on CNBC. Because those that are outspoken, they don't get to become, they don't get on that mainstream TV. So uh, I've heard Max Kaiser talk about it previously before. <laughs> he doesn't get on CNBC. He doesn't get on CNBC <laughs> because he can't behave. Yeah. <laughs> and, and That's why we love like, Max. Yeah, exactly. He, he will just simply tell it as it is. It's going to die and it's going to die real soon and i'm going to help it by burning it in front of your face <laughs> as yeah exactly uh, so um yeah I, I think fair play to uh to say that because it takes a lot to be able to just lie in, on public tv <laughs> <laughs> and i think he did a really good job at lying and um, uh, just, keeping a straight face it's just it's not lying he's just kind of like twisting it a little bit isn't he yeah, for somebody that owns a lot of Bitcoin mm. and then saying that the US dollar won't die because we know that all fiat currencies eventually die regardless. You know, it doesn't matter. I know we beat up the US dollar, but it's the same for the euro. It's the same for the franc. It's the same for the pesos. It's the same for the British pound. They all go to zero. Yeah, because money is 
it's a, it's a like one one winner. Yeah. Can, it's literally like Highlander. There can only be one. Like this, <laughs> the the history of money tells us this. And, and you can try and go, oh no, I'm I'm fine being number two, number three. Well, we yeah, had good luck, but you will be worth ninety eight percent worth less than than number one. Mm. Like money, like literally, everyone just wants money. Is just a very basic social kind of construct that humans have come up with, and we just need it to be simple to be able to transact and just sell our goods and services and live our lives. We don't have enough room in our heads for two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven currencies. We just don't. Like obviously, we put them today on a global scale. Um, as we move countries but even then it's a temporary thing right and yeah. that's why we talk about the dollar because the dollar is is the global currency of the world everything is denominated in dollars once you go above a certain level it just everything is it's, it's and the dollar essentially won it won the fiat currency battle the dollar won um but when we move to a bitcoin standard everyone will be dominating everything in bitcoin and there will well, be other no, currencies I, I think it will be i think it'll be two currencies it'll be bitcoin and, and sats <laughs> yeah, yeah and it's yeah and I mean, maybe the dollar will still exist and but it would be worth 98 percent less than bitcoin so yeah you could use it as monopoly money it'd be in board games yeah exactly yeah yeah we'll be making it'd be like the venezuelans and the zimbabweans like you know making handbags and random like bits of stuff for your house out of the dollar notes that'll be what it <laughs> yeah. is it'll just be yeah. and we'll be framing our like $100 trillion notes and putting it up on a wall. And uh, just like the Zimbabwe one is now, in 10 years' time, that'll be the dollar. Yeah. But yeah, fair play to say. I, I still think like a lot of Bitcoiners called him out for it and gone, you know, why is he doing this? Why is he pretending? Um, but yeah, I, I think I, I, I will give Sailor, like Sailor's super smart. So he's not doing this by accident. He doesn't, I don't think he genuinely thinks the dollar and the Bitcoin can exist. You know, the dollar just does not exist in hyper-Bitcoinization. It just fucking doesn't. So he's, he's pretending it does to try and calm down the people like Hillary to go, Correct. don't see Bitcoin as a threat. See it as a friend. Bitcoin's actually going to help the prosperity of America. And then if they allow it long enough and enough dollars get in and it becomes a $100 trillion asset and then they try and regulate it, too late. If they regulate it now at $1 trillion, they might have a chance of stopping it in America. They don't stop it overall, but they stop it in America. So sailors going, don't worry, don't worry, it's fine. You win as well. And uh, yeah, more power to him. We're obviously outing him here, but yeah, fuck it. I also think as well, uh, the fact that he wants to borrow from the banks as well. And also that he gets to speak to the masses more and more. If, if you kind of, on the inside... Or you, no, if, if you're not on the inside and you're just a normal pleb and you've got somebody that has moved in the last year from being a non-Bitcoiner to a Bitcoiner, you might think, okay, maybe I should get involved. And so, uh, and he needs this type of platform to be able to do so. Yeah, it's, it's a good way from getting to CNBC every keep, week, isn't it? Keep your enemies close, I think. Yeah, CNBC are easily can't provide you just tell them that their dollar's okay because obviously we know who their paymasters are as well yeah their, their paymasters are the us dollar guys so if you keep going on there going your dollar your currency is about to collapse you don't get on too often after that but if you keep saying ah, i'll be fine like you know don't worry it's just going to replace gold don't worry 
<laughs> don't, don't worry about Chad coming around your house while you're out. Uh, um, What's the natural move on to this? Would it be um, the um, is crypto a new form of gambling? So a bit of a fud story on the back of this. Yeah. And then weirdly, the, there was one word missed out of the thing where at the end of gambling, it says addiction. So is crypto at risk of the becoming the new form of gambling addiction, which really does turn it negative because just making crypto a form of gambling might not necessarily be that bad because, you know, people gamble on loads of things, right? But they show the word addiction in there to make it like, oh, no, this is definitely bad. Just in case you had any qualms about this being bad, it's bad. This is um, um well it was it was a, a story when from heroin crippling heroin addiction to shit coins so somehow it's making out that shit coins were worse than heroin so i mean like my kind of point about <laughs> i agree this, i agree exactly is he might learn something about markets and money whereas with heroin all he probably learned how to do was suck cock around the back back of tesco's um, you have an so, awesome high. I want an awesome high. Heavy, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, awesome high. But how did he pay for it? Um, and I kind of went, "This is so bad." Like it's actually, was this actually anyone, or is this just some guy who you made up and based a story around? Yeah, it's probably bollocks. But um, it's never like this is your story, isn't it? Uh, yeah, this is me. Uh, so. I guess, well, we, obviously we all know how we feel about shit coins. And, uh, <laughs> and basically, we talk about them, stay away from them. And it's like, just don't do drugs, don't do shit coins. Um, but I think it's just, just again, just you more for... <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I just think it's again more further around because they just keep on using the word crypto, don't they? They don't say Bitcoin, they just use crypto. Well, in in a way, crypto is it is a gambling. This is the addiction. Oh, can I get in low? Can I sell high? Whereas someone who gets into Bitcoin, they're just like, well, I'm staying. Yeah. You know, I'd love to see what the percentages are of people who don't ever sell um in bitcoin yeah. so i think it's very very high i don't think any other coin could match that but yeah, well they're actually yeah. stats on that on the on-chain analysis <laughs> I, I forgot what it was now but i think it's like 70 percent of the coins or something in bitcoin haven't moved for six to 12 months whereas yeah. on nearly every other coin they're moving every 30 days like nearly all of them and people are just trading in and out of these things which clearly shows the people don't believe in the longevity of it. They're going in for gains. People that buy Bitcoin, like the, the holding thing, I think it's, I think it is around 70% of the supply. Like 70% of the supply, is just rock solid. There's 30% of the supply on top, which is traders. Traders are coming in and out of the market. They are literally using Bitcoin for gains. That is categorically it. But 70% of the Bitcoin just hasn't moved for fucking years. And some of it hasn't moved for like seven or eight years. These people are long-term holders and just have no intention of selling. And, and these are wallets yeah. as well, by the way, that aren't completely inactive. They're still stacking from eight years ago. Like that you can mm. see Bitcoin only goes in. And so that is the that is the that's where like Bitcoin is clearly not a gamble. It's um it's a genuine investment on on the future. 
Yeah. I was just thinking to myself, how long is it which I've held Bitcoin for? Because it's probably about a year and a bit. And literally, you know, my coins only moved to come in. Mm. And they've just kind of like sat sat on my ledger. What about your early purchases back in the day? Mine? Yeah. You mean the 2017? They just sat yeah. on the ledger and never sold. Yeah. Nice so that's what I count. Nearly five. Yeah, that's that, that's exactly what I count. Basically, I count my 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 2017 as you know, it's never moved. I've never had any intention of selling it, even through the uh, the cold, bare winter. Just held on to it, and I was just like, I was prepared for it to go to zero. Thankfully, thank Lord Satoshi, it never did. And uh, and yeah, we're up. Well, here we go. I'm looking for the date when I started buying Bitcoin again. It was the 12th of November. Oh, so I just, just over a year. Yeah, just after mm. year. Because I can't really count that 500 pounds. I had this test transaction before that one. Then I can see where I just started buying Bitcoin very regularly. And the amounts just kept on going up and up. <laughs> you were addicted. Um, but, oh, but yeah, I'm not counting that original one. We're gambling. We're gambling. Um, but yeah, but I must admit, like when even this article, like obviously it's written negatively and designed yeah. to like compare shit coins to heroin. It clearly isn't as bad as that. But but look, this is I think another example of inflation is going out, going like off the charts. So young people are gambling on shit coins and look they're desperate they, they don't have that much money their wages don't go anywhere then they know they're never going to get a house they can barely afford a car um the minimum wage is just kind of stupidly low now in comparison to all those things so guess what yeah they're 100 200 300 pounds a month that they that they get that is spare yeah they're putting them into shit coins i don't think yeah. they're addicted necessarily i think they're just trying to make ends meet and this is why I am not categorically against shitcoins. I'm like, fine, if you really want to gamble, but just the one thing that I would always say to anyone gambling in shitcoins is just try and figure out that Bitcoin is the one. So as you're gambling, every time you make a profit, try and stack some sats of the profit. Just get that into that. Don't fall in love with a shitcoin by accident and think, oh, this shitcoin is the one and I'm going to leave my value here. If you get lucky, put it into Bitcoin. Obviously, my default advice would just be work a good living, earn your money. I know you don't earn much. Try and keep your cost as low as they can and stack sats every month when you get your paycheck, stack sats. Do that for 10 years and you're going to be golden. But for the people that don't want it to try and do it quicker, fine. If you take 20% of, of your like you know, you, of the money you would just stack sats and go, you know, I just want to, I think I can pick the next Shibu the next dink doink, whatever yeah. it might be. Like if you think you're that guy, like look, and who knows? I'm not who I'm not anyone to say that you're not going to find it. Maybe you will. So put that 10, 20% into the next Shibu. If it ends up 100 Xing, fucking well done, dude. Like you you nailed it. You turned your hundred quid into 10 grand. Don't fucking leave it there. Don't leave it in shit coins. Sell that shit coin. Get it into Bitcoin. Well done. That was one hell of a big stack. Congratulations. It's moving from gambling to a sound asset, you know, yeah. sound money. Yeah. 
Um, something which I just want to pick on on this story, because it almost backfires on itself towards the end, it says that he just wants to spend time with his kids by getting rich quick and move away from a 70-hour work week. So this just highlights a problem with the fiat um, system. And like that's the one thing which I really took away. Um, and also, I don't know if it was in this, but it was almost a bit of an iframe halfway down about my brother killed himself because of Bitcoin. Or did that just appear on mine? And that was on yours. And yeah. Was it might have just been like some kind of advert which somehow went for me. So it said my brother killed himself because of Bitcoin. He lost a load of money. He had it in 2013. It would have been like 50 million now. And he killed himself because he got really depressed. I just went, well, why didn't he buy back in after he lost it? Idiots. <laughs> but it was, just, it, it was just some proper fud. I went, I wondered whether everyone else got that one. Oh my, do you know what my one is? <laughs> is selling your penis the ultimate pandemic side hustle? <laughs> <laughs> Come, um, sir, never look. Load up the article. Let's see what yours is. <laughs> Why is that mine? Why is it on this sell my penis? What, who because think because I you're am? an absolute pervert. But I'm selling my penis. Someone has the perv on me. No, I got the, uh, my brother killed himself because of Bitcoin. Oh, why am I the one that got that? I don't really know where, yeah. it doesn't say, I don't really know where to post this, but I feel like I need to vent. Yeah, that's the one. So I just yeah. reloaded it and it goes on about it. I'm just like, well, the loser should have bought Bitcoin man after he lost it. He bought it early <laughs> in the home to um, get back in. Oh, actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. They post, no, no, that this is actually, they posted this in themselves. Oh, yeah, so further down, yeah, it says my brother killed myself because of Bitcoin. Yeah, that's oh. that's just in there. That's a pasted in Reddit post. That's not an iframe. That's just, they put that there on purpose. Where, where's your yeah. penis one, man? Oh, that's high up. You... That's like a recommended article. I thought that's... Oh, yeah, cool. here we go. Recommended reading is selling your penis, the ultimate pandemic side hustle. <laughs> yeah, no, Mo no. Money, the unending necessity of crypto payments for sex workers. Well, that's Monero, isn't it? Which has been pretty much taken down. Um, I think you'll find it's Come Rocket. Now, I thought Monero was one which was that for drugs. Yeah, no, Monero, <laughs> Monero is the private one, but Come Rocket is the sex workers' coin of okay. choice. Wow. Is that what they take on OnlyFans now? <laughs> yeah, it's not really. It's just what they pitch themselves as as a shit coin, and it crosses. Didn't do anything. Well, actually, yeah, because it's saying there the unending necessity of uh, crypto payments for sex workers. Uh, just below the yeah, well, that's the way, like, weirdly, like Bitcoin has been a massive um, benefit to sex workers because they, they yeah. it's, it's very weird how even though like various forms of sex work are completely legal, you still get shut off, your bank accounts get shut off, PayPal gets shut you off. And they just say that they don't want to associate with that type of business. It's very strange. So, you know, a lot of sex workers have moved over to crypto. And um, the ones that have moved over to Bitcoin have done very well. The ones that moved over to various shit coins, probably less so. But it's, it is legitimate. Well, they, moved, they moved to a few. They probably would have done reasonably well, like F even. So, yeah. Uh, they, some of them, they would have had the gas fees. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the thing like yeah you can't tip someone ten dollars in eth if it costs you a hundred dollars to send it you can exactly. do it on bitcoin um one final point which i picked from this one is it was talking about how there's a special facility to treat cryptocurrency junkies and i was just like so they're saying so it's like um, you know like the priory for crypto and it's like i wonder how much they charge is it like two eth or something <laughs> 
What a load of bollocks. They're making shit up now, aren't they? Yeah, yeah but I, I can't get the point. It's gamble like Doge and Shib pretty much highlight the gambling. You know, this is the equivalent of betting on football that someone's going to score. That's what I see that as. There's no investment. It's just literally no. gamble, gamble, gamble. And it is just the same fundamentals. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, I, I hate to say it, but like the whole fiat world is set us up a, a, being super high time preference. So everyone wants to get rich immediately. And, um, and yeah, when, what do you see, right? What do you see if you go to a very poor town, even in the UK? What do you see? You see pound shops, betting shops, and off licenses. Yeah. Like, why, why are people like the pound shop thing makes sense? That's cheap goods. That makes sense. All right, fine. You get some oh, yeah. quality cleaning products from there. Yeah, yeah exactly. I, I love pound shops. <laughs> I love them. They're great. Whereas, what the fuck is a gambling shop doing there? And why is the off license there? It's that's what people spend their money on. Um, when they're at rock bottom, they want to either forget the, the life they live in by getting drunk and just forgetting who they are. And then they wake up and the few pounds they have left, they go and gamble it to try and turn it into more. So guess what? Yeah, guess yeah, of course, these same people that live in all around the world are waking up with a few pounds to their name and going, yeah, I need to turn this into more because I'm skint. So they're gambling on shit coins. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's nothing to do with Bitcoin. That's everything to do with inflation. People are desperate yeah. and they're, then they're trying to roll the dice. That's why people buy lottery tickets and stuff you know, that's what yeah. they're doing with shit coins and unfortunately if they manage to read the bitcoin standard and realize low time preference is the key stacking sats with those couple of pounds literally that would win but they got to wait 10 years and they don't want to but, wait 10 years they want to wait 10 point, years but that point which he writes about he just wants to spend time with his kids you know yeah. instead of taking 70 hour work weeks and that is what is wrong with fear in a nutshell Especially when you factor in, it's not just the dad either; it's the mum and the dad in recent Yeah, who time. both have to work to keep a roof over their head. Yeah, which is, yeah, just it's so horrible. Sad. Yeah. Um, do we want to move on to other shitcoin corner? Yeah. One which you put in, uh, Mister Allin. Yeah, go on. Yeah, yeah. EOS has raised uh, four billion in twenty seventeen. That's the one. Yeah, and yeah. Um, it's it's not one which I'm overly familiar with. Like I read the article, but. EOS is, you know, not one which I've come across. Maybe. No, I was going to say that. I hadn't really, I right. uh, wasn't familiar with them. All right. This must be because this is probably like for people listening as well then. This is if you're new to Bitcoin, then EOS, EOS is, was the shitcoin, right? The shitcoin um, that raised $4 billion in 2017. So they had a genius ICO scam. They basically, they, I think they were basically pitching to do everything that Ethereum were pitching to do. They were going to, it was going to be the internet 3.0. They're going to do everything. And um, they, they essentially, you know, now it's four, nearly five years later, they've done nothing. Um, and weirdly, one of the guys that ran EOS is Brock Pierce. He's the guy that I knew quite well in Puerto Rico, um, mm. who I went to meet. And it was one of the reasons why when I went out there in 2018, kind of popped my bubble and made me into a full Bitcoiner when I realized what they're doing in the money. And they were just buying property, kind of going crazy, massive parties. There was no developers. Nothing was happening in EOS so whatsoever. There's, no, there's nothing there whatsoever in e no. EOS. Is they there not even like some kind of, I don't know, blockchain? No. Well, they launched a blockchain. They've got some various things, but 
they even they don't even have like random shit like nfts on there like no literally it's a dead chain right so no one even uses it they built out a lot of functionality but no it's, one... um, it's an ethereum alternative it's meant to be an ethereum killer wasn't it yeah exactly yeah and um yeah and this story is essentially so eos they this is it's super funny even how they raise the money right so they raised four billion dollars and everyone bought eos they converted most of that money into bitcoin and that was in 2017 so they made a shit ton of money yeah um they also still have a load of tokens so this whole story is around there's 196 million dollars worth of eos still in the network and they want to take it out um they reckon they're going to use it for developing the network out further. And they reckon they've got the neck, like even though they've done five years of nothing, the last 4 yeah. million, this 200 million is going to change the game. Apparently they're going to build some type of trading platform or something, which was not in their plans at all in 2017. But now this is the new big thing. Um, and, and bizarrely, this is actually almost where like shit coins um almost like come to the fore a little bit where like fair play to the community where the community are going fuck off you're not having another 200 million what you don't you haven't done anything with the other billions so why would you trust you with this you're going to essentially steal from us by inflating the supply further so the community are going to the ultimate fiat coin that's why we always say about shit coins it's just fiat yeah. but even worse it's not Unless you've got decentralization, you have fear, but worse, like a smaller yeah. group of people that are going to be greedy. And so, yeah, so we've got the community here in EOS going, no, like we, we will fork EOS away from you. So your tokens are essentially worthless. And um, they're in a, this locked battle at the moment where the EOS guys and, you know, I follow Brock Pierce still. He still follows me, bizarrely. I can't believe Brock still follows me even though I've slayed them numerous times from back in my shit pointer days, back in like 2015, 2016, where I used to like Brock Pierce. Um, he's what, fighting... Why did you like him? What, what about? Well, he was the chairman of the Bitcoin Foundation back in the day. Okay. Mm. And um, then he started shit coining. You know, everyone was a Bitcoiner, right? Everyone was a Bitcoiner. And then it's, it's, it's insane, right? Because he, he became a billionaire off Bitcoin, but then that wasn't enough for him. He wanted to own his own coin. He wanted to be the CEO of EOS. And um, so that's what he did. <clears throat> and um, I'm sure yeah. he's moved on now, hasn't he? Because obviously he tried to run for presidency in 2020. <laughs> uh, and I mean, he talks about Bitcoin and try to advocate for Bitcoin, Bitcoin, but of course does so with other coins still, right? Yeah, he's, he's very much, that's, that's the thing, right? He gets Bitcoin, but I think fundamentally he's greedy. So yeah. He then, because he, he was seen in El Salvador straight after the Bitcoin standard got rolled out. He was trying to shill some EOS or some shit coins into El Salvador as well. And thank God enough Bitcoin has hung around long enough to go low, just... Don't shitcoin, just Bitcoin El Salvador. Just yeah. stick to the plan. Don't get sold by these. Because, of course, like that's the thing. Like The president could have made a shit ton of money if he'd have gone, yeah, 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 let's roll out El Salvador coin. And he could have given him 50% of the allocation, given 50% to the population, and then just dumped on their heads. And the, the president would have become a billionaire overnight. 
But no, he thank God he he didn't do that. But yeah. It goes back to what we were talking about before we started recording and getting people to go through that pain, even though it's not necessarily pain of just sticking to the plan and saying right if we just hold out we just do bitcoin we don't do anything else it'll all come good but along the way essentially people get mixed up and think well i'll dabble in a little bit of this and then i'll do that and you know nine times out of ten it never works yeah but actually looks good as, as a story for shit coins go like normally i like to throw them completely under the bus but <laughs> This one actually looks like, even though they've got away with billions, this is them coming in to just drain the last of the money that's left. Yeah. And go, ah, oh, let's have this last 200 million. And the community is actually rising up and going, no, go away. Like, we don't want you to take any more. You can't justify why you need it. So we're potentially going to fork the coin away from you and take the 200 million that you have. We're going to delete it and move it to a different chain. But obviously, if they do that, bizarrely, they're almost admitting their coin is completely dead because the yeah. only people that are going to build on it are now the ones who just took 200 million away from. So it's a very weird catch-22. But again, this is just like we just like you just brought up. This is fiat, but in a smaller microcosm, and it's played out over four years instead of 100 years. Don't shit coin. It's, you don't want a centralized coin because this will happen every single time. Okay. Right. Who's next? Um, I think we. Well, unless we've got a few more, I've got um, yeah. two. I've got two stories. So I've got word of the week and Bitcoin lesson. I think um, Mr. Allen may have added in, and finally, so I don't know which one you want to attack on that one because I think both are kind of like in the same ballpark of a bit of a lesson. Uh, Mr. Olin, going to fire away with yours? Um, well, yeah, my, my one's a, probably the final story. So Okay, so yeah, oh yeah, of course. Right, well, I just thought for regular listeners, we'd add in a new staple agenda point, which is word of the week. So uh, the word of the week this week uh, <laughs> will naturally be Bitcoin-related, as we stared at the top of the show, and uh, and just cover off what a 51% attack is. So it's kind of a little bit about FUD as well, this specific word of the week, but uh, you will hear it perhaps being banded around them. A, 50%, a 51% attack refers to an attack on a blockchain, most commonly uh, Bitcoin and uh, which is still what we believe is hypothetical. So by a group of miners controlling more than 50% of the network's mining cash rate. So if 51% of the miners all got together, they could, uh, uh, they could change what goes on within the network. So the attackers would be able to prevent new transactions from gaining confirmations, allowing them to halt payments between some or all of the users. They'd also be able to reverse transactions that were completed while they were in control of the network, meaning they could double spend coins, which is essentially going against everything that Bitcoin was invented for. They would also be able to certainly not be able to create new coins um, 
or alter old blocks. So a 51% would probably not destroy Bitcoin or another blockchain-based currency outright, even if it proved highly damaging. So 51% attack is one of those things that uh, Bitcoin and other currency, uh, cryptocurrencies are based on blockchains, a form of distributed, uh, sorry, how a 51% attack works is Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies are based on blockchains, a form of a distributed ledger. So these digital files record every transaction made on a cryptocurrency's network and are available to all users and the general public for review. As a result, no one can spend twice. Uh, it goes on and there is a real world example. So Krypton and Shift, two blockchains based on Ethereum, both suffered 51% attacks in August 2016. And, uh, a and sometimes you may hear of a 51% attack versus a 34% attack. So the Tangle, a distributed ledger that is fundamentally, fundamentally distinct from a blockchain, but designed to accomplish similar goals, could theoretically succumb to an attacker deploying over a third of the network's hash rate, referred to as a 34% attack. So uh, that is the word of the week, 51% attacks. <laughs> it's, it's a weird one, actually, because this used to come up a lot back in the day, <clears throat> the 51% attack was always pitched against Bitcoin as this is a problem. But yeah, it's, it, it's pretty much been debunked and yeah. largely the FUD is gone now because like you just described there, all it really allows you to do is say I'm buying a house off you. So let's, and let's say the house is worth a million pounds because it needs to be a big transaction. And re in reality, a million pounds isn't enough. So what I could do is go, right, I'm going to buy a million pounds off you. You transfer the house to me. I 51% attack the network and the, tr the transaction that you see confirmed on your end that says you have your million pounds, I can undo it again and mm. send the Bitcoin back to myself because I took over the network with all my massive mining power, undid that transaction, put it back in my account and then carried on the, on the chain regardless. But to do that, to do that million pound fraud I just did on you, it would cost me multiple billions worth of hash power and miners. So yeah. to actually make it even slightly worthwhile, the fraud I would have to do would be, have to be worth billions. Yeah. And what kind of transaction can I do that I can undo as well in a space of 10 minutes because that's how long a block takes. So I have to be able to send you the transaction you think it's real for nine minutes just so I can do it within the 10 that's worth billions. There isn't one, right? So this whole attack on Bitcoin is just largely being debunked because if you're going to do it, it's just there's no transactions that's worthwhile taking over the, over the network just to do this. So yeah. it's, it's just not even a thing that comes up anymore. What about when it's um, you get hyper Bitcoinization? Would that, would that change the kind of use or rather the usage of 51 uh, percent well wouldn't the network be stronger at hyper bitcoinization so there'll be more miners and all well not just sorry not more miners 
it would cost even more to okay. then use that computational so power to try and take over it. So it would just be, it's like betting on every horse in a race. <laughs> you, you just it's end up negative. Well, it'd move, yeah, you're right. It'd move into the trillions, right? So it'd cost you a trillion to try and change the network. And yeah, okay. Yeah. Now, because billions now, right? And that's on based on the price of Bitcoin. So it's just now it'd end up being trillions. And you go, okay, you're going to try and defraud someone of two trillion. Good luck doing that in 10 minutes. Like as if they're going to mm. not wait 10 minutes to make sure the block's confirmed two times. Because as we always say in Bitcoin as well, to even stop this 51% attack, don't wait for one confirmation wait for six. So if you're doing a very small transaction where it's just 50, 100 pounds, fine. One, one confirmation is probably fine. That's 10 minutes. Um, in Lightning, obviously, it's instant, and that tends to be for transactions less than 10 pounds. But if you're selling a house or something, wait an hour. Someone sells you half a million or a million pounds of Bitcoin, wait an hour, dickhead. Because if you wait six transactions, they have to have 51% every block all the way. So that's yeah. like multiple billions, every single block that they need to change. And that, that literally that becomes like, it's almost like billions squared, which is just ridiculous. So if I was to buy your house for a million pounds in that example, and then you, at the end, when I'm about to defraud you, you go, oh yeah, that's great. But I'm waiting for six confirmations. I am so fucked because now I'm going to undo the first transaction, but that's going to get corrected. The second one will be correct. Third one will be correct fourth, fifth, sixth, all correct. It was only the first one that was wrong. So you still get your million pounds of Bitcoin and my little fraud goes wrong. I end up with your house and um, that I didn't want. I was going to defraud you from it. So yeah, it's it's it basically, it, it, in today's world, it's this 51% attack is not even a thing anymore. It's done. Yeah. Um, I just picked it as it was early on in the, uh, the old uh, Investopedia dictionary. And uh, next week's word will be brought to you by random, <laughs> random. Uh, but will definitely be Bitcoin related. Okay, so, so uh, over to you, Mr. Rowling. Good. Well, I think there's one more, which is a Bitcoin lesson. So one which I put yeah. on today. So this is a plan B um, stock to flow model. It's one which I keep on hearing about. And I um, listened to the podcast with Saferdeen and plan mm. B, and I also did a little bit of reading about it. It's one which I don't know models. I don't know models about stocks or anything, but my understanding, obviously I'll be corrected here if I'm completely out, is it looks at the current stock versus the new yearly production of Bitcoin. And it's been fairly on point over the last couple of years, because I don't think it's something which has followed Bitcoin for its entirety. I think it's been going on for two or three years. And the prediction is 100 thousand dollars per bitcoin this year so his explanation is it's not that it's going to stay there and go above it's that it'll hit it and then it'll go potentially back down or be volatile but all it all he's saying is it will hit it at some point according to his model so um he's also got in there that 2000 is it 2022 the stock to flow ratio will overtake gold yeah and isn't that about is that about 250, 300K? Yeah, 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 because that's the 10 trillion mark. So, yeah, yeah. But it's 10X from here. So it's, it's nearer 500K, actually. Okay, so 
it, I suppose, is there anything that you want to add to that? Because I think I probably haven't done it justice, but I think it's one which is definitely worth covering because I just hear it so much. Yeah, so the stock to flow model, essentially it's a, it's a take on the supply and demand level of just every kind of like economic model in the world. But what it takes is the stock and the flow. Essentially the stock is Bitcoin's 21 million limit. Then the flow is how quickly Bitcoin is coming out of the network every 10 minutes. So why it models the way it models is every four years, it has a big jump. And that's where the halvings happen because essentially what it assumes is the demand of Bitcoin continues to increase. So the limit is fixed. So that is, that is like right there. There's, there's no inflation happening. So therefore it's all about the flow of Bitcoin. And as the flow of Bitcoin continues to come out, then if the demand is also increasing, which the model assumes, then the price starts to go up. But every four years we have the halving and the, the supply or the flow gets halved. And that is a big supply shock into the market. And it causes a big spike up in price. We literally level up. And for, then for three years, we go straight again. Then four years, we go up again. And yeah, I think um, Plan B came up with this model. I think it was 2016, 2017. And it's modeled perfectly. He re retroactively went back to 20, um, 2009 and it modeled all the way all the way through. So what we're waiting for, this is the first full cycle yeah. of Plan B's model to go, does stock to flow measure for this year? And so far, it has been insanely accurate because in, I think it was in October, he predicted it was going to, Bitcoin had to hit, I think, 63K or something for the, for the halving. And we hit, I think, 64, 65. But then in November, we need to hit 93. And um, obviously, we're quite far below that at the moment. But still, this is still a range, right? It's still, all his numbers are just kind of in the middle of charts. And Bitcoin can range below it. It can go below it and go above it. But essentially, all it really is, is a very kind of crude model that suggests if demand of Bitcoin keeps going up and the supply keeps going down and the supply is cut as a final 21 million, but the amount of Bitcoin coming out that is to be purchased keeps, going, keeps getting halved every four years, then this is where the price should go. And so far, he's been, been spot on. So for next week, is when it's going to happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. a big time, I guess, by between now and the end of the year, because essentially by the end of the year, he says that it should be at hundred thousand. Yeah, end of the year, yeah, and then um, in the next, I think, I think in the next six to twelve months, it's the two hundred eighty-eight k, the magic number. So yeah. that's that's the end of this cycle is two hundred eighty-eight. But then, unfortunately, his model also then predicts the eighty percent drawdowns. So <laughs> that would also then happen. So it's the, these whole peaks and troughs. So what, what, what could happen if uh, it, it depends which side of the coin you want, because um, if we, yeah. his models, like they don't predict, like he didn't predict 20K, for example, he predicted more like seven and a half. But if you actually model that out, seven and a half was a much more real number for 2017, because we started at one, went to 15, and then came back down to two. So on the average, seven and a half was actually quite a nice number. So you, it depends whether you want the 15 to be in there and then the big drawdown. So maybe this year we're being a bit more measured and we're just going up a bit more gradual, which mm. means less chance of an 80% drawdown. 
which I must admit, personally, for me, I, I'd prefer that. I, I quite like these little 20% ups, 10% downs, 20% up, 10% down. I quite like that. This time in 2017, we're going up 300% every month. And I just knew the bubble was going to pop. Like, this is just insane. It, you can't yeah. maintain this, which is why then from December to January, we dropped down 60% and it was very painful. So. It's a, a lot of people trust this model, and uh, I believe that it's also helped the institutions as well have confidence in Bitcoin to also, you know, get involved. But it'll be interesting to see. And it's a model. And from the interviews that I've watched with Plan B, he openly says the model could be broken. Yeah, he said he was getting slated when it wasn't hitting the numbers, and then it was to do with the um, or what's it called, the um, shorts. Was it the shorts as they got displaced? No, it was something else. I can't remember quite what it was from the safety and interview, but he's saying it should be this, and then it did actually get to that within no time when everyone was mm -hmm. slating him across Twitter. Yeah, it's a matter of time to get it invalidated because at the moment, the plan B model. Like it goes up to infinity, right? So yeah. as much as like we say infinity is going to be Bitcoin, like is it going to go up in Plan B's model? Who knows? So it's a model that's waiting to be invalidated. Mm. And and I guess as well, the model was built well before the pandemic as well. So it doesn't equate for life events of what's going on in the real world. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like Bitcoin doesn't care. Bitcoin no. knows. <laughs> Bitcoin yeah. knows that there's going to be bullshit stuff that happens in clown world and it's going to drive value into Bitcoin. And it didn't the, the model, all it assumes is demand will go up. Yeah. So what that is essentially saying is clown world is going to get increasingly more clownish. And that's what's happened. And more money will come into Bitcoin. So at the moment, it's right. The very basic model that goes, yeah, people are going to be moving out of fiat and going into Bitcoin. And the four-year halving cycles means there's less Bitcoin to buy. So the, yeah. pr the price has to go up sharply around the halvings. And so far, it's been correct. <clears throat> yeah, our, our last story. Should we go on to the last story? Uh, and finally. And finally. So I literally found this. I literally found it today. I was, was going to say, I don't think I have this on my list. All right, yeah. I've literally, I added it today. It's one of my own tweets because I just wanted to screenshot basically a, a Twitter thread from two other guys. And essentially it's one guy going, yes, I have abandoned Ethereum despite supporting it in the past. Yes, Ethereum has abandoned its users despite supporting them in the past. The idea of sitting around, jerking off, watching the burn and con concocting purity tests with zero newcomers can afford the chain is gross. And some guy, some massive Ethereum maxi has gone, abandoning decentralization is the biggest sin that you can commit in this space. It's easier to fix fees than it is to fix centralization. And I just love this whole thing because this is literally where we now have shitcoiners argue about decentralization using Bitcoin arguments against each other. Yet Ethereum is totally centralized. There's like a, Vitalik controls it. They've, they've inflated the supply literally last year. 
they've moved to proof of stake or they're trying to, they, they roll back the chain. Ethereum is categorically centralized. Bitcoin is not. And I watched a podcast of these two guys like debating and one guy was going up. No one cares about decentralization. This, they, they only care about gains. The other guy was going, no, decentralization is everything. Otherwise, just in fiat. And I loved it because this is... They're not understand is, Ethereum. You are? I'm really confused. Do they just not understand Ethereum? I don't know. I literally don't know. They, they were literally moving. This guy, the first guy, was arguing different Ethereum killers, Solana or Avalanche <laughs> or Polkadot. They're better. And... One guy who came, and this is the thing, right? You know, like our Ethereum guys were all calling Bitcoin as maxi, decentralization is everything. And they were demonizing us for saying these things. Now Ethereum's getting attacked on the same kind of principles. They're now rising up and becoming like Bitcoin maxis. And it's just funny how it's gone full circle. And now the Ethereum guys, literally when I hear these Ethereum guys debating other shitcoiners, they sound like Bitcoiners, but yeah. they're they're defending Ethereum, which unfortunately for them is built on sand. And they should just go, oh man, you're one step away. You've literally figured it out. Come over to Bitcoin, boy. Come on. You're one step away. Like, yeah, it's all centralized bullshit over there. If you look Stop. at the two arguing, and the second one looks like he has got a um, NFT as his Twitter picture. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And it's something which I could draw up in paint in a, probably about 10 minutes. Yeah. Do you know what's even worse? I think he spent 200 grand on that and he's printed it out about six foot big on his wall in his apartment. And every time he live streams, it's in the background. Oh, God. And he, wow. thinks, he, and, and he thinks he's arguing for sound money and decentralization. Okay, mate, you're so close. You're like the Peter Schiff, but you're yeah. in Ethereum land. Ah, oh, Ethers. Obviously, you're closer to this, yeah. Do, do Ethers like? Do they? Do they like Bitcoiners? No, they. Hate As in the other way round. So, like, Bitcoiners are like no to Ethereum, but do Ethers like Bitcoin as well as ETH. Or do they just stay to Ethereum? Yeah. Unfortunately, this is where it's all got... Because the thing is, like, Bitcoin and Ethereum are quite... They're both quite new. As in, yeah. like, both quite like OG. So, yeah, there's a lot of people that got into Ethereum very, very early. And this guy, I think, is a, an early Ethereum guy. And he's just wedded to it, right? He, and, he, and he honestly thinks it's decentralized. And I even listened to a podcast where they described like how decentralized is Ethereum, and he couldn't even describe it. And he knows that the nodes that require for you to be able to run an Ethereum node, you need to have this site like, almost a supercomputer. It's such <laughs> a big fucking node. And no, no, there's only like, like nine nodes that you can run on Ethereum. Yet on Bitcoin, the reason, because the thing is, like, the reason why it's so hard to run a, a node on Ethereum is you have to host every single NFT, every single shitcoin. They all have to be on there because they all have to be synced. Otherwise, that because that's what Ethereum is trying to control. It's trying to control and keep immutable and keep consistent every single balance of every single shitcoin and every single owner of every single NFT. Bitcoin is not trying to do that. 
It never claimed to be trying to do that. All it's trying to do is claim who owns what Bitcoin. That's it. What address owns what? And Satoshi was very, very clear. And some people tried to even say he's being too limiting in the code of Bitcoin. So you need to be more expansive and let more into the blockchain. And he went, no. The second we let more into the blockchain, it gets too big and the average person can't run a node anymore. That then centralizes Bitcoin and makes it broken. It has to be super simple. Bitcoin is sound money, sound money only. It's all we need to record is who owns what Bitcoin. That yep. is it. And if we just do that, we will change the world. That's why any single person can go and buy a Raspberry Pi and run a Bitcoin node. If you want to run an Ethereum node, good luck. You've got to go and buy, buy a five, 10 grand computer. That's a huge hard drive, massive processing power. Because you've got to store every single NFT in the fucking world and make sure you know who owns it. Who cares who owns what NFT? Who cares? No one cares. Yeah. So the fact that Ethereum guys are now trying to say Ethereum's decentralizer, it clearly isn't. It's impossible to decentralize Ethereum now. It's full of JPEGs. It's, basically, it's almost it's turning into worse, an right? art store, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. It's moving away from having any kind of currency and being like, you haven't got currency anymore. You've got NFTs and that's it. I think we, like, I think uh, as a like last last pod or the one before, like we called it Flickr. Like <laughs> wow, yeah, it's just insane. Every, I seem to hear more and more about Ethereum every time, it just turns even worse. Yeah, I think the uh, the NFT has definitely opened the floodgates because people see it as a as an easy in because. Bitcoin is too hard or the boat sailed. As we always said, there's 100x gains in Bitcoin. Get it now. Yeah. And ultimately, mm. it's going to infinity. So. Yeah. I think it's on sale this week. Won't be next week. <laughs> Fire sale. There you go. Get it while you can. Cool. Well, that has been pod number 32. Brought to you by Dr. Evil 10%, Mr. Rollin, myself, Sir Neverlook. I forgot to announce that she was here, but she wasn't here. This is no show because I've forgotten that actually Mrs. No Show has only done less than 10% of any shows uh, now that we're on week number 32. But stay bullish, stay Bitcoin. And this is the world's most bullish podcast, The Four Bs, signing out. if you want to hear us.